Ah, good evening. How's everybody doing out there? Uh, in, in I guess the the sports world, we'll just say uh, we'll just say the sports world for now. Uh, Daytona Daytona five hundred wrapped up a couple minutes, probably a half hour ago now. Uh, William Byron was took home the victory really? off, of a, off of a caution. Um, huh. Yeah, I would have thought it would have been Alex one of the Bowman's usual fault. suspects. Yeah, you know yeah. Hamlin or you know. I, I'm so out of the loop in NASCAR, but I, I really was thinking it was going to be one of the usual suspects. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, out of a. Or, uh, it was a caution, basically. I mean, it was. A, it's the Daytona 500. Somebody crashes big at the end, and it happened. I, I saw and, the crash. Yeah. The crash looked pretty gnarly. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the first time too. A Hendrix Motorsports went one two at Daytona as well. It's been a while since a Hendrix Motorsport guy won the Daytona 500 too. I believe. Yeah, I think the last one was he with Hendrick though, uh, Dale Earnhardt, when he won it. I think it was 2016 or 2014. I think he was there in 2014. I, I think he I was with top of Hendrick head. on that one. Yeah, I don't know shit. I don't know shit about NASCAR. <laughs> right. No, this is uh, we're not, we're not talking NASCAR. This is this is the five hole. We welcome you. We got. Aaron, Jerry, and we're going to bring to the stage now Jared also. Uh, Jared, thanks for, for hopping on as well. Uh, this is the five hole right here on the Variety Sports Network, and we're going to get uh, we're, we're going to get things started off um, with a, with a little bit of fun, I guess you could say. Uh, first off, what are you, what are you, Aaron, Jerry, thoughts on the stadium series and how you oh, felt bad for the New York Rangers? I'll give you the Cliff Notes version because if you're gonna if you're gonna want the full Islanders can go shove it whatever <laughs> fanboy rant you're gonna have to tune into Blue Shirts Banter on Thursday night. But long uh, long story short, fantastic game. They thought they had us in the first half. Not gonna lie, I thought they had us in the first half. Um, comeback for the ages. I said this morning to my buddy who was at the game. I think that might have been the second best outdoor game I've ever watched uh, right behind the very first winter classic Buffalo Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I think that will forever be the best outdoor game that the NHL has ever put on. Um, But yeah, I mean, (laughs) it was funny. We went down, man. And I texted in the blue shirts banter group chat. I said, they're going to blow it in the third. We know how this is going to end. They're going to blow it in the third. I'm not even, I wasn't even worried. Everyone was jumping down Igor's throat. Everyone was saying, bench him, throwing quick. No, calm down, play some fucking defense. Cause that was non-existent. But again, Get into that on Blue Shirts Banter. We'll keep it short. And, yeah, the Islanders beat the Islanders. That's, that's not true. The Rangers the, the Rangers put on a spectacle towards the end with a lot of, you know, the power play finally woke up. Thank God. It's been dormant for God knows how long. So what a win. What a game. Happy to be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah before that, we were one for 21, I think, on the power play. So the fact that we got back-to-back power play goals, amazing. I think Kreider – has 11 tipping goals against the Islanders. I think it's most of all time. And we're 5-0 and outdoors. So I think we should just play the rest of our games outdoors and we'll yeah. go undefeated. Yeah, you know, that was, was the, the funny thing about that was like, because I was watching the start of it and they were like, yeah, the Rangers are 4-0-1 in outdoor games. Alevino is 0-3-1. It's like, ah, if somebody's either going to lose today for the and first time. It wasn't time, the New York Rangers, baby. I'll take, I'll take the New York Rangers outside any day of the week. Any yeah, day and, of the week. And uh, Aladdin finally got his first uh, his first outdoor game win. So funny enough, I believe I could be wrong about this, but we beat them. We beat uh, them. We beat him when we beat the Flyers uh, in the first time we played in the Winter Classic. I believe he was yeah. the head coach of the Flyers that that year. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of a it was it was one of those stats. Where like oh, okay, like this is kind of neat. Uh, Jared, your your Carolina Hurricanes are handling the uh, Chicago Blackhawks 
fairly well right now. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I've been uh, watching the game all night, but no, yeah, it's five one. Birdsy just just had a uh, slap shot goal uh, going. I mean, these are the games that you're, you're supposed to win, right? Like the, the Canes are they're coming off a long road trip, one back to back nights at Arizona, and then following up at Vegas the, the very next night against guess the defending Cup champs. And then, yeah, I mean, this team who, I mean, early on in the season, I was calling for a lot of heads to roll. Um, number one being general manager Don Waddell, but um, they, they've seemed to figure it out on defense. The goalie situation is not great. Um, I mean, you got, you got four goalies. Two of them are hurt. One's a waiver wire pickup, and then one's just this – Maniac and, and Peter could check off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, talk, talking about the outdoor games, I, I was fortunate enough last year to go to the stadium series game uh, here in, here in Raleigh. Oh, hell yeah. And nice. uh, I mean, it, it was, it was an absolute blast. I, I, I see people say like, Oh, we should do away with, with the outdoor games. And I know we're going to talk about it later in the show, but I will say, like, the outdoor game's not really for, like, the people watching at home. If you're complaining about there being an outdoor game, yeah, you, you need to go experience it, go tailgate it, have drinks with the boys, and then go to the game. Like, that's – it's an absolute blast. The only thing and, I will say is that I think they should scale it back to just one. Just do the winter class and <clears> let that be that. There's no I, reason to have five a year. I saw something that, and I would agree with this, and, and I, I I agree that there's so many. I know I think we're up to what four now. Um, what what I would do is do like the NBA does on Christmas Day. Do what the NH or the NFL does on Thanksgiving. You pick one day, and I'm not I'm not saying it needs to be New Year's because we all know college football is, is kind of taking over New Year's. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a, maybe it's a different day. Maybe it's President's Day weekend, MLK Day weekend, right? You you pick one weekend and you have four or five of these events and they're massive. And it's you take over the whole the whole thing. It's NBA like this past weekend, NBA All-Star weekend, right? Which is awful. Yeah, no the one NFL, cares about that. The NFL's not <laughs> playing. Market your brand, get people to watch during and just show all day, yeah. right? All day outdoor games. I, I think I mean the only game Friday night was Carolina Hurricanes at Arizona in Mullet Arena with five thousand people at the game. Like what how's that the only game on a Friday night? Yeah. So no other league is no other league is on TV. The NBA wasn't on, no exactly. NFL, no MLB, and you have one NHL game that night. Yeah. How I do you guys feel that, about those Tuesdays where it's like everyone plays on the Tuesday? I know they tried doing that in the beginning of the season. I, I don't hate it. I, I get why they're doing it, but I, I I feel like you should have every team playing, even if it's not every team playing on Saturday. I think you should have multiple teams doing back to backs on Saturday, Sunday, when especially when the NFL is not playing. And I, I think most teams should be playing on Saturday night. The only thing that's killing the NHL here, though, is that. It lacks national broadcast coverage. Like if you watch like the the stadium, these 
past two, both Saturday and Sunday, were both on ABC. And I'm sure that I don't know what the viewership numbers ended up being, but I'm sure they were astronomical. But if you go back to the NBC on the NHL on NBC days, I feel like every Saturday and Sunday, sometimes doubling up on weekends, there was always a one o'clock game, a three o'clock game on national television, which really, in my opinion, helped boost granted it's what I, I feel like the nhl wasn't nearly as popular back then as it is now but with espn you know the world's wide leader of sports having the rights or sharing the rights excuse me with turner for the nhl broadcasting and them just not it doesn't even have to be on abc put it on espn you have espn you have abc like i feel like last year there was so many games on espn throughout the week uh, maybe, not not so many, like two or three throughout the week steadily, like Wednesday night hockey or whatever. And this year, I feel like that's just not the case, and it's not widely available. Sure, you have ESPN Plus, where like, you know, you can watch any out of market game, and that's awesome. That's so great. But I can't utilize, watch the Blues though. Yeah, you can't watch your. I can't watch the Rangers either. You yeah. can't watch. I can't watch the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils, or the, or the Bruins because you can't watch your in-market because of the yeah. BS, you know, RSNs and all that stuff. Um, but utilize the national broadcast that you have. Just yeah. throw the NHL on. I guarantee you people will watch, especially during, you know, a weekend where there's no NBA. I get it. NBC and ESPN are very intertwined with the NBA. But, like, today, what, correct me if I'm wrong, but none of these games are on ABC, right? I could be – I didn't watch hockey today, but I, I don't believe any of these games are on ABC. The Blues Maple Leafs gamers on ESPN. All right. Well, that's a step in the right direction, but put something on ABC. What's running on ABC at three o'clock in the afternoon? Right. The price is right. No. And I mean, we're we're talking about today is a a holiday for many people in the United States. Yeah. And also in Canada. Right. Oh, is it? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my company, my company is headquartered in Canada. I didn't realize it. They were, I, I was talking to somebody that's, in Canada, and I was like, "Oh, have fun working Monday." And they're like, "Oh no, we get off." They call it Family Day. Oh, nice, nice. So many more of those in the United States. <laughs> well, they, they do it. They do it to match up right. with the, with the United States, yeah, you know, because we're. I mean, we're, we're the primary company, country, right? right. The only we're one that matters. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Just lost every listener we have in Canada. I know, it's fine. <laughs> they're still they're still here. We're good. <laughs> um, we're bouncing around a little, a little bit. Uh, when it comes to like the, the standings and stuff, we'll talk about the, the standings update. And I'm gonna try to fix that so it's not covering Jared's face so much. Um, the uh, the Dallas Stars four point four point lead in the, in the central. Um, over the Colorado Avalanche, I watched them play. Who did they play the other night? I watched them play. Gosh, I don't even remember now. Edmonton. Hmm. Edmonton. That ended up being a really, really, really good game. Uh, it was shoot. What day was it? It was Saturday. It was Saturday because it was there was there was a game before that that went to overtime. I think it was Boston and who was the team that Boston played. L.A., yeah, Boston and L.A., and then it went Dallas, Edmonton, and then we had New Jersey, Philadelphia Saturday. It was like the, like we were talking about the 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 7 o'clock kind of, kind of games. Um, Dallas played really they, – they played okay. They weren't great, but they weren't awful at the same time. Uh, Colorado still sitting in second, 72 points. Winnipeg uh, slowly falling off a little bit. 
kind of said this last week that there's going to be one of those central teams that's going to fall out of the top three. And he wouldn't doubt if it's, wouldn't be surprised if it's Winnipeg not playing the greatest right now. Blues had two back to back really bad losses to, to Nashville and, and, uh, and Toronto today. Your thoughts on the end on, on the, the central division right now in, in the West? Uh, I still think Dallas is might take this, even though Colorado, I think they, they won the other day or today. Dallas is Dallas is struggling with injuries. I feel yeah. like, so I think because I think that's going to hurt them, and I think that allows that's going to allow the Avs to. They are, but I think that's going to not that because the Avalanche definitely have a slew of injuries of their own. But I feel like when it comes to depth, the Avalanche definitely have them edged out there. I think that, and then not to mention the experience, because a lot of that Colorado team is a lot in the same that was you know has made several mm. deep runs, whereas that Dallas team. Correct me if I'm wrong here. But that Dallas team is far, far, far gone. The Dallas team that made that push a couple of years ago and lost in the finals. I could be wrong about that, but I believe that's the case. They're, they're. I would say they're similar. Yeah, yeah. They're still pretty. There's, they still have a good core group. Um, who went Ed to, the, Sagan, went to yeah. the Western Conference final, and then I think they even went to the went to the Stanley Cup final. They, too. Yeah, they lost. They lost in in the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, yeah to the to the Lightning. Um, to the Lightning. But I mean, they were just in the Western Conference final last year against Vegas. True. So true. Um, it's good. Could be an interesting division to to finish out the season. Uh, in the Pacific, the the Vancouver Canucks have a ten point lead over the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, in, in a game that we'll, we'll talk about it in just a little bit. Uh, in a game that Vancouver probably should have won today against Minnesota, ended up giving it away that allowed Minnesota to score seven goals in the third period. Um, it's kind of nuts. Um, any quick thoughts on on the Pacific? Yeah, I, go sorry. Ahead. I, no, go ahead. I'll say the Western Conference as a whole is, and Grab maybe you. this is just my yeah, maybe this is just my East Coast bias, but the the West Western Conference as a whole, it, you feel like you've got okay, two teams, three teams that are going to come out of the Western Conference, but once you once you start going down the list, you're like, ah, eh, I, I don't really see a, a cup contender here. Vancouver, I, I think Vancouver is the real deal. Um, bringing in Lindholm <laughs> at the at the, at, at the uh, All Star break, I, I do. I, I think Vancouver is the best team in, in the Western Conference coming out, and they're the they're the best they've been since what 2012. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I do think that what they have is real. Do I think that they're going to win the Stanley Cup? I don't know, but. If I if I were if you put a gun to my head and said pick a team from the Western Conference right now, I'm picking Vancouver. Okay. I just think they fizzle out. That's it. Not I'm not saying they're not the real deal. I do agree with you there. We talked about this last week. I just don't. I just think they're so young and they need to get kind of the calluses under their fingernails, if that makes sense. Where like. They need to go through some heartbreak and really earn their stripes in the play and like show that they belong and then get back there next year and then go on that deep run. I think with the experience that Vegas has, that the Avs have, that you know, even the Oilers have with their heartbreak and their deep runs, I think they're all gonna kind of edge out knowing what playoff hockey takes in the year of 2024, you know, since they all kind of been in the dance a lot recently. Yeah. yeah, and I think what the Corey Perry signing, I think, is too underrated for the Edmonton Oilers because when they get into the playoffs, Corey Perry is a different animal 
itself when he's in the playoffs. And the, I think they're like seven, three in the last 10 because they had that little skit after they tried to uh, break the record for the most consecutive wins. But I could actually see Edmonton going like leaping over uh, Vegas a little bit. They're only three points out and Vegas is still, I think they still have a few injuries. I know Jack Eichel should be back like next month. Mm-hmm. But who knows how good he's going to be? He's definitely going to be lethargic just because he's had the knee and uh, knee surgery, I think, and something with his back. So I think uh, Edmonton might be a team to watch out for. I don't, maybe in the playoffs because it seems like they're getting their stuff together on the third and fourth line. So that was kind of like their uh, Achilles' heel in the playoffs because it would just be Drysdale McDavid. But I think they, they might be a sneaky team in the playoffs in the West at least. Yeah, the thing with my my thing with Edmonton is they they played Dallas the other day. Okay, they had a, they had a, they had a goal. I think they were they had I think they were leading at one point in time, um, if I remember correctly, and, st- and and lost that game in overtime. And then before they played Dallas, um, they, they they did go to St. Louis and and get beat pretty pretty badly. Um, so so yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily the offense because they still scored it was like five goals I think against St. Louis. Uh, four or five goals against St. Louis, and still it, it has to be, like like Jerry was saying, it had to been it has to be the goaltending with Edmonton. So how about this? So do you think that Mark Andre Fleury should get traded from Minnesota to Edmonton before the deadline? Because what are they doing in Minnesota that's that's keeping him there? It looks like he's on his farewell tour. So why not try to bring him to a playoff team and kind of finish it out? He doesn't need any more cups. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know that. <laughs> Minnesota's fan, but still. points out of a wild card spot in the West. So, The, the Wild's scrappy, and we saw yeah. it today. The Wild's a scrappy team. They're a little further back in the standings, but don't be surprised if they start to make some noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your point, though, I do think that would be uh, a move that would very much so be in the best interest of Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, Flurry is one of the best goaltenders of the modern era. I would say he's definitely one of the most winningest, but – yeah, I mean, down the stretch, we the past. I feel like the past couple, you know, playoff pushes. The reason why Edmonton never really, really gets by is because they're so reliant on Drysaddle and McDavid. You could do that, and you could do that successfully, but without a goaltender to help you on the other end, you're not getting any any further past probably the divisional, if not the Western Conference Finals. I'm, I mean, Edmonton is just the the West Coast version of the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that's very fair. I think I that's mean, very fair to say. You, you've got that. You got that first line. You got McDavid. You got Drysaddle. But after that, I mean, you get is Warren Fogle still on their team? Warren Fogle and Derek Ryan from Hurricane Hurricane Legends, um, <laughs> take like leading your third and fourth line. I, you you don't. What you need is you need depth in the playoffs. You're gonna have your superstars show up. You're gonna have your your a plus guys show up because that that's what they do in the playoffs, but you need that depth scoring because every team in the playoffs has that one or two guy, the unsung hero, right? You need, you need a guy that that's going to kind of be that blue guy that he's going to be scrappy, make it you a couple points here and there, but he's also not going to be a liability out there. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these teams have, have liabilities up on the ice at times. I mean, you look at, Ryan Reeves on, on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I know it's his first Check year stealer. there. Check like, stealer. What, 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 are you, what are you doing out there? You'd be lucky to be playing on the B side in, in beer league right now. But I, I digress. I, yeah, those, he, 
yeah, these guys he literally, literally just he literally don't. was like, "Give me three years for this much," and they were like, "Okay," because they yeah. have they had no uh, enforcers. <laughs> I'll put that in quotes. So I guess the enforcers are kind of like fading away in this league, but yeah, he, he, he check stealed hardcore for me. Toronto needed somebody to protect to protect Matthews and not in and Nylander and and whoever else and Mitch Marner. I thought Bertuzzi was that too. Protect. It's a shame he was such a good Ranger. And I miss like I when he was on the team, he was awesome to have. He's a great locker room guy. He really brings the energy up. But to just watch him wither away like that in a market that's, you know, you're a Maple Leaf dude. You might as well be a Yankee. The microscope is on you. The only way you can get any more intense is if you're in Montreal. You know, if, if this guy's in Montreal, he's playing in the AHL. Hands down, they run him out of town. So it's it, it, it sucks to see. I hope he mm-hmm. figures it out. It will, like we're saying, come in handy in the playoff time where it's time to get physical. I mean, he got bodied. He, he, I forgot who he got. Was it? Was he might have been Nashville? Right? What was Nashville? Was that who it was? Yeah, he got bodied. So I mean, you know, it's not really looking too good for him if you want to be the big bad enforcer. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and look, looking at it, I mean, if if y'all want to switch to the Eastern Conference, looking at, it, I mean, yeah, Toronto is sitting in third place in the Atlantic Division. The Atlantic Division this year, by and far, is probably the best division in all of hockey. And I mean, Toronto is. I mean. Granted, they're three points up with, with a couple games in hand on Tampa and, and Detroit, but still, like you got you got Austin Matthews on your team. You, you should be. I mean, you've got how much money? Like fifty million tied up in your top four forwards. Mm-hmm. You should be performing, but it goes to show that in hockey, you've got to have that money spread out across all four lines. You can't just have it tied up into that one line because if you get if you get a team that that can really tie you down and, and him you in your own zone you're, you're not going to score right and, yeah. and you, you can't play 60 minutes a night you can't play the same six guys 60 minutes a night that's just not how this game works well with 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 a team like that too you're you're you should be competing with boston and florida who is eight nine points ahead of you in the standings right now like you should be right there with them, with the talent that Toronto has on their team. There's no no reason they shouldn't be right there, or not above Boston, above above Florida. Like you're looking at a Florida team who has what Matthew Kachuk, Dobson, you know? Barkov. Okay, that's fair. But still. <laughs> You're looking at you're looking at some of the the better you know top players in the NHL with Toronto, and they they they're sitting third place, hanging on to a playoff spot. And their their captain, I think he has had four goals in like two months. And John Tavares, I think he's has a negative eight or nine in the plus minus. Like he yeah. he's just he's in a way check stealing or just getting a little bit older. Well, they need to do something with him next year if they want to keep Mitch Marner because Mitch Marner is the odd man out in Toronto. Money I think it's wise. definitely age. I think it's definitely right. age. I don't think he's going through a slight. And I hope being that he made such a big stink about it going home and, you know, the kid in his pajamas and his maple leaf, you know. <laughs> the, I, I mean, listen, I, I can't sit here and defend it because I hate the Islanders. But if you're going to make such a big deal about going home and all that stuff, take a team-friendly deal to help retain, especially Marner. Marner's his buddy. Correct me if I'm wrong with our line mates. Yeah. So if you want to keep your buddy around and kind of keep him happy or whatever, take take the pay cut, dude. You're rich. I know right. the Islanders paid you for all those 10 years. You can afford it. Did, 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 so that does 
Tavares become that odd the odd man out then? Just to be realistically, they might, if you're they Toronto, might. you'd be like, "Hey, so we're, we're we're moving on from the older age guy, and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep Mitch Marner." I just don't think they, yeah. I just don't think they can afford it. They need. I think. I mean, you know, at this point, Matthews is he's he's been around for a little bit, but you need some sort of veteran leadership. Yeah, you always need that older guy in your locker room to kind of keep everybody grounded. So I think it would be in their best interest to keep him around, but at the same time, he's not gonna take a team for an ideal. All right, see you later. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the problem with that you're seeing in in Toronto, right? Nobody's taking a team friendly deal, right? In, in Boston, none of them deserve to. Except Martyr, maybe I don't. I don't think Martyr has the argument for money he had once upon a time. But Austin but, Matthews, give that man a blank check. Well, yeah, but then you, you've also got the issue where you're you're running into in in a salary cap game, right? These guys are all going for the, for the league, like the league max that you can get, which yeah. I, I believe is twenty percent of a salary cap. Like you can't get that for four guys. Yeah. You can't have each yeah. of these guys making over thirteen million dollars a year, especially when the salary cap is still at I think it's at 87, 88. Like yeah, it's going to go up in the next couple of years, but right now. You can't afford to fill those holes. You can't fix the goaltending. You can't fix the defense. You can't fix those things because you've got so much money tied up in these four guys. So somebody's got to take a team-friendly deal, but they've signed all these guys to extensions. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I think eventually something's going to have to happen and they're going to have to break somebody up. Somebody's going to have to move on somewhere else. Because they just can't afford all these guys, and it's probably gonna be Marner. That's business, baby. Right. That's how it goes. But, but let's just scratch. As soon as Arizona gets their their new arena announced and everything, we already know Austin Matthews is gonna bounce from Toronto and go play in Arizona. So that would be cool. We'll go back <laughs> to you're not home. wrong. You you I, are not wrong in the slightest. I think. I think it's definitely a possibility. Gary's gonna Gary Bettman's gonna finance that deal for for Arizona. Him. Yeah. He's going to force it. Hey, he's, he's already had, he already has his talks. He's like, Hey, here's the thing. Like you guys get your arena stuff figured out. We're going to find a way to get Austin Matthews to you. Cause I mean, what NHL would not want to play in, in Arizona? I mean, they want to, I, I don't understand how it doesn't work. It's yeah. Scott, especially with the Scott, they were in Scottsdale, I think for a hot second, that was their most recent stadium fa- or arena failure it didn't work mm-hmm. out when they had scott scottsdale's and all I mean, i've never been there but to my understanding scottsdale's nice. the place to be like yeah. it's it's a fun party town they got the waste management yeah. bachelor parties all this stuff it's like nashville in, in in the desert yeah it doesn't it doesn't quite make any sense why they have they struggle to keep um keep some of the like keep any top in it you know superstar you, know, you look at look at florida or you know florida and tampa bay it's virtually the same thing. I think ta- – I mean, I don't know much taxes, about Arizona, taxes, but I think the taxes yeah. play a big part of that. Yeah, always does. It's always the taxes. That's why nobody stays in California either. Yeah. Yeah. But looking at your guys' favorite um, division right now in the in the Metropolitan, the New York Rangers with another with – with a win, um, put themselves at 75 points. Uh, second place, you get the Carolina Hurricanes at 69. Third place – the Philadelphia Flyers with 65 and the New Jersey Devils who are slowly creeping themselves back up into 
into the standings there. I'll tell you um, what, they, they surprised me in that stadium series game. I thought the Flyers were bygone a lock and the Devils came out guns blazing. Yeah, I, I, I would agree on on that. I mean, the, the Devils, they, I mean, now that they have Jack Hughes back, they, they've had, we talked about injuries earlier. The Devils, they're out without Dougie Hamilton. They've been without Jack Hughes. They've been dealing with these injuries all year long. Now they're starting to get healthy. Do I think it's too late for them to maybe make a real run at at the division? Yes. But I do think that they could hop into that third spot. And, I mean, that's why it's going to be even more important for somebody to win this division is because you do not want to face the third team in in this division, especially if it's New Jersey. I would I would be more excited about facing Philly than, than New Jersey at this point. I didn't yeah. realize they were thirty first in power play. I saw I saw Saturday. I was like, "Oh my god!" They're like thirteen percent. So I was like, "Okay, so if they're out of power play, you pretty much can stop them." But yeah, they're only they're only five points out of Philly, and everyone's getting healthy. It's just they don't have a goalie. That's their that's their only problem too. Besides Dougie Hamilton, they had a goalie. We all know what happened to him. That's true. <laughs> Philadelphia, we're talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in Jersey, but yeah. Oh yeah, New Jersey does too. What about you know you you brought up Mark Andre Fleury to Edmonton, but what about Mark no. Andre Fleury to New Jersey? No, we don't need to help them. Yeah, I, I I don't want to see <laughs> no. him again. That was so rough. Ten years when he was in Pittsburgh, <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking but of that, uh, wild, that wild card spot in the in in the East, both of them they're wide open. They're anybody's taken. If you take if you look at the standings, like the Islanders aren't too far out of it. The Devils have that chance to get in there. Um, Washington's still right there. Washington's uh, there. So the, the, the Sabres can make some noise. The Red like it's it's kind of anyone's game for those last couple spots in a playoff push here. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, any team at this point wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, of Pittsburgh, I know Jerry, you wanted to uh, to kind of talk a little bit on on Yamir yeah. retirement. Yeah, New York Rangers legend Jeremy Yager. Um, congrats to him. Uh, <laughs> congrats to him on his retirement. Everyone came out wearing the mullets, wearing a Yager jersey. That was awesome to see. I did see on Twitter, and again, we'll talk about this more in Blue Shirt Banter. Some there was some discourse going around on whether or not the Rangers should retire Yager as well. I don't think they should. He was yeah. a great Ranger. He was a great captain, but unfortunately, I just don't think that kind of it kind of. Um, takes away from what you know you can't just retire everybody you, you you can't they're not participation trophies it's an honor you have to earn it so leave that for people who deserve it not saying he doesn't but neither here nor there but it's great honestly in pittsburgh long overdue because i saw something um i saw something on instagram yesterday uh, i forgot the year span but there was like uh, i forgot the years it was but there was like a 10-year span where three players won the heart trophy it was gretzky Lemieux and Yager just rinse and repeat just the three of them and Yager and Mario that dynamic duo was just so I mean I, I'm talking out of my ass here I was I was barely alive when they were together but like still like I know the stories and everything I remember I remember prominently him being on that team and just you know running amok through the NHL it's just crazy and the fact that it took him this long to retire to retire that number to me is kind of crazy uh i guess honestly also you never really know with him because maybe they waited so long because 
he could have made a comeback at any given moment. And I, I, I've been very, I, exactly. I've been very vocal about this. He should have suited up. They should have signed him to play in that yeah. game. There's no reason why they shouldn't have. He's still right. actively playing in the check. I believe he's playing very well in the check and mm-hmm. he warmed up with the team suited up, did a whole thing. He looked great. Like it's just let him play. He could still do it, man. I, yeah. I He's not going to be who he was, but I believe he still has a little bit left in the tank. He's got four assists and fifteen I, games in the check league, and may, I should have said this on the on the Blues talk uh, yesterday, but maybe the Blues, Yarmy Yager, you know, put another uh, team on his belt. We we have too many guys in 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 the tank right now with with Dalibor Dvorsky and and uh, Jimmy Snuggerud and stuff like that. Um, the the chances of them guys coming up before the uh, before Doug Armstrong would pull some kind of move like that. Uh, <laughs> that would happen before uh, those guys coming up would happen before he would sign Yarmi Yager. Unfortunately, it'd be fun, but it'd be, it'd be awesome. like Wayne Gretzky all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to take a stab at, at Yager too. I mean, Yager, we we joke about how many teams he played for. Guy played three decades, almost three decades in, in the yeah. league. It seemed like right, and I mean, talking about. Retiring his number in New York. No, he 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 is a ping one. Yeah. If I, when I think Yager, I think Pittsburgh. I'd agree now, with that. Occasionally, I'll I'll think okay. Later in his later days, maybe a little bit with Florida, but like early on, like prime Yager. That's Pittsburgh. Hands down, yeah. hands down. So. He did his best work as a Penguin. He's also a Capital. He was a pretty good Capital too, I think, if I remember correctly. But <laughs> I see that's where that's where he, I don't remember ever him playing for for Washington. Yeah, it was before the Rangers. I think he did what two right before the Rangers, two or three years. Well, that was the old Capitals with the. Yep. Um, I believe I believe he was there Eagle. for Ovechkin's rookie season. I could be wrong about that, but I do believe he played with Ovechkin as a rookie. Yeah, and also to a Yager being retired by the Rangers, that would be the equivalent of like Michael Jordan's number being retired by the Heat. Which is happening. Well, yeah. This is weird. It wouldn't yeah. make any sense. No, he was the captain. He scored. He had his six hundred points as a Ranger. It's it's not unwarranted. It just like if they would have won a cup, different story. It's not like it. It's True. not. It, it it's a point worth talking about, but it's just not. In my opinion, I don't think it deserves to happen because right. again, it, it washes away the honor that it is and the hard work and stuff like. The next guy we're going to see get retired is Chris Crowder, who played his entire career as a Ranger so far, and is okay. like one of the most leading goal scorers. Whatever Hank was the last one we put in the Raptors, you know, it's just you guys know how what what it takes to to, to raise a banner. You can't just give yeah. him away, and if you do, it's kind of bullshit. Well, that that's like that's like with the with with what happened in St. Louis. Like you, you talk about Yager in in New York, and I know he probably did a lot more than than Gretzky did in St. Louis, but that'd be like St. Louis retiring Wayne Gretzky's number. Well, in my opinion, I think, I think, I think 99 should be like 42 in baseball and should be in the Raptors and every arena. Like nobody in their right minds ever going to wear that number. Just throw it up there. Can't hurt. I mean, that, that would, that would be fair. I wouldn't, you know, I don't think, I don't think too many people would complain about that. I think that, that would probably be the most honest thing to do to do across the league. If you're going to do something like that, you call him the great one anyways. Yeah. For real. You know, why not and, and just, number across the league? Just to put it into perspective for, uh, anybody that wants Yager's number retired for, for the Rangers, Yager played 806 games with, with the Penguins. Uh, the next most, uh, total of games played was 277 with, with the Rangers. So, I mean, God, I mean, 
just looking at this guy's career, 24 years in the league, 1,700 games played, 766 goals, over 1,100 assists. I mean, and I, I've been vocal about this on Blue Shirts Banter. Um, I am I am a staunch believer that if he never left to go to the KHL when he left the Rangers, he would have beaten Gretzky's goal record. Staunch believer. And you can't tell me otherwise. I, I think he was definitely I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't say I mean it definitely is a possibility. Uh but you talk about like some of the some of the faces of the league, and I put this poll out earlier tonight. I thought it was a good one. I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? Who who is the face of the NHL? So I put out that poll and whatnot. You know, you talk about some of the big names, you talk about Yager, you talk about Ovechkin, Crosby, uh, Lemieux. Who's the face of the NHL right now? Is it is it Connor McDavid? Yes. Is it Austin Matthews? Is it is it changing a little bit to tw- more towards like a Matthew Kachuk type of type no, of guy? God, no. God, no, no, no shot. Had to throw his name in there just for the heck of it. I'm surprised I he didn't throw Bedard. I, I, I'm surprised he didn't put Bedard on there. Bedard's the one, the only one I think that has another argument. But I yeah. think the answer is bar none. Connor McDavid. I think people look at, you know, if you look at uh, McDavid versus Matthews, I think it's a big time Gretzky versus Lemieux type deal mm-hmm. where like McDavid's the guy, but then you got Matthews who's just fun to watch. He's got yeah. a creepy little mustache, and he's bald, and he thinks he looks good. <laughs> and people say, I look like him. He looks like me. That's a whole thing. That's a whole other thing. But um, it's it's McDavid, Varna. Yeah. So the the poll, it only, it only ended up with 21 votes. The results are final. But it was Connor McDavid with 62% of those um, of those 21 uh, votes. So over half were, were for Connor McDavid, for Connor. Yes. I'll yeah. say that it, it should be Connor McDavid. I think that the NHL pushes Austin Matthews a lot just because of his association with Bieber and being in Toronto. Yeah. He's fun. I, yeah. he, he's fun. Do do I think that he's the, the face of the league or should be the face of the league? No, I, I, I don't at all. But at the same time, I, I think that I, I've talked a lot about the NHL and, and how they do their marketing. And I, I just, if you were to walk down the street and ask 10 random people, show them a picture of Austin Matthews. Who is this guy? They, they'd say that's Pablo Escobar. Like what, what's going on? <laughs> Thanks, Larry. <laughs> so, I mean, I, that that's the problem that NHL has is they're not good enough at, at marketing their, their sport. And, I, I think they need to figure out the space of the NHL and, and really put it put them everywhere. He on every ESPN everywhere. To counter you there, see what pissed me off in the beginning of this year was that Bedard came in and the NHL was doing everything they possibly could to throw Bedard in everybody's faces everywhere. They, and they still every- yeah, but here's the thing. Everybody complained about it. Everyone said, shut up, we get the point, blah, 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 whatever. Like, we're done with this. We're over it. We hate him already. We don't want to hear it. Don't complain about that and the marketing and what the NHL is doing if you're not, if you're going to sit here and then say, NHL, hey, shut the fuck, shut up. Don't be saying, like, leave it alone. Like, you need, you got to pick a lane here. It's got to be one yeah. or the other. You can't say, we want you to market the face of the league. We want you to be out there. We want you to be present. And then when they do that, complain that they're doing that. That's what pissed me off. 
I saw an interesting argument about about the face of the league and about the marketing of, of the NHLs. I, I think the biggest issue is you've got so many fans that are siloed into their team. Yeah. Right? Like, if you ask an, a Hurricanes fan who they think the face of the league should be, yeah, they'll, they're going to tell you. Uh, Rod McDavid. <laughs> yeah. Rod the Bod. <laughs> they're they're going to say McDavid, Matthews, Posternock. Like, these guys – but they want to see their guy yeah. take more of a role, right? Mm-hmm. Sebastian Ajo, Andre Sveshnikov, hell, even Seth Jarvis. If you don't know who Seth Jarvis is right now, go watch him. Go watch his interviews. He's a blast. He's just this 22-year-old, 23-year-old kid that just looks like he's hopped up on Monster Energy drinks. <laughs> Listen, who's, the, who's the goalie that came in and just kind of like like – through everybody who's just like, yeah, like this, like this is this is my thing now. This is my league. I'm the best goaltender in the league. Like who? I don't remember what his name was. He only he don't he didn't play very long. Who? Okay. It's not Bennington. It's not okay. <laughs> easy now. He got fined five k for his for his typical goal tap that turned into a high stick against Nashville the other day. I saw that. So, yeah, I saw that. He taps the goal. He taps the goal post after every time. Every time the Blues move right, out of the right defensive yeah. zone, the dude. Cut up right next to the net, caught a stick in the jaw, got a high. I, I saw, I saw something about that. There, I saw some people were saying it was a butt in. I didn't, I didn't think it was a butt in. I, I think, no, I, I didn't think much of it. But he was but, the guy. He, he did the poke. He did to do poke checks. I think Kachekov. Yeah, poke checking Brady Kachuk. Yeah, that's it. That dude. I mean, the guys. The guys tried to fight Matthew Kachuk, uh, <laughs> Brad Marchand, and Brady Kachuk at this point. I mean, he's. He's in his third like season in the NHL, and he he's gonna be the next like Russian kind of goalie that's just kind of weird. The head case, just the next Prisgalov. He that's him, oh, but Jesus, he, he, he he's fun. He tries to fight. He had he had a goalie fight last year in the AHL. He had a goalie goal last year in the AHL. He scored a goal and then got he uh, got kicked out of the game for fighting, like. <laughs> 30 seconds later. So he, he's just he's just a fun guy. Piotr Kutchekov doesn't know a lick of English other than other than curse words. So uh, we, we, we love him down here in Carolina. To your point about the siloness, though, I kind of like that. I think it's kind of endearing for the league, though, because, like, yeah. everyone is in their own little clan and they stick together. It's not like the NFL where, okay – Football's on Sunday. I'm going to go to my buddy's house. We're going to watch Red Zone for eight hours and just watch every single team, every single game, know everything that's going on, be in touch with fantasy. Like, you know, like the NBA is kind of like that too, where I feel like people view it more as a whole, if that makes sense, where it's Mm -hmm. just like, what's going on with the superstars? Who's doing what? In the NHL, it's, I'm a Rangers fan. I'm watching Ranger games. I'm paying attention to everyone that I need to pay attention to as far as standings go, but I don't really care about everything else because I'm just in my bubble. And it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. You kind of see it also in baseball a little bit, but also I feel like Mm -hmm. with baseball, you're watching everything you possibly can because nothing else is on during the summer. (laughs) But like, you know, it sucks to a fault, but I almost kind of prefer it that way because like, I'll go to war with any fan base on Twitter that I have to stand up to. I don't care who it is. I'll get right in the mud. doesn't bother me. And that's kind of – that's the beauty of the game. We're allowed to fight on the ice and off the ice in the trenches on Twitter where it really counts. 
Plus, they yeah. need to find a rival for Connor Bedard because back then with us, it was Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin. It was like that kind of rivalry. So there's nothing really for Bedard. Even with McDavid, they don't posterize him. He's like the Mike Trout of the of the baseball world. Like David, uh, yeah. NHL world. Yeah, like he's so good, but no one will watch him because who's going to stay up till 10 o'clock and watch an Edmonton Oilers game? So they, they need to do something better with McDavid with like marketing wise because no one will know about it unless it's like us who actually know hockey. And then with Austin Matthews, just because it's Toronto, the mustache, and uh, they he was in that show on Amazon all all for nothing hmm. with the Maple Leafs yeah. a few years ago. So that's the reason why. But that, yeah, that is, if, if you're gonna do Connor Bedard, you got to find a rival for him. But the thing is, Bedard's coming in at an awkward time where there's no changing out of the guard. If you look at McDavid mm-hmm. and you look at Matthews, both of them came in where kind of they're not fa- they're not fizzling out by any means, except for maybe Ovechkin. But I think he's just having a down year. Crosby's still very much being Sidney Crosby playing as well as he ever did, but they're older now. And like yeah. by the time yeah. McDavid and Matthews came into the league, the, both the two of them, Crosby and Ovechkin, both had nearly 20 years in the league under their belt where. It's time. Okay, our old superstars that we were throwing at everyone's faces—they're aging. It's their careers are almost coming to an end. It is what it is. Let's get new faces in. And now Matthews and uh, Matthews and McDavid are filling that void from Crosby and Ovechkin. Whereas Bedard's coming in with a no one near his level of talent in that draft class and beyond. Looking at next year too, because I don't think anyone there's no talk for another second coming of Jesus in that in that draft class. But he needs, like you were saying, he needs a yin to the yang, and unfortunately, that yin and yang duo is already with Matthews and McDavid in the East and West Conference. There's no room for a third right now. I think we need to give Bedard a couple of years, and then he'll get that yang. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I think that that that's actually that's valid. I didn't I didn't think of it. I honestly haven't yeah. thought of it that way. Um, but what I was gonna chime back to was was the whole Mick David playing in Edmonton, and that's not necessarily a downfall of him playing in Edmonton. But if he was playing in New York, or if he was playing in you know in in a bigger, if he was playing in LA, you know how much of a how much more of a difference would that make if he was playing for a team like Boston or like you know, or like Montreal or, yeah. you know, I don't think like LA, w- LA wouldn't matter if he was on an original six team, it'd be a much bigger deal. But yeah. did you guys see, this is a little off the rails, but did you ever see the argument of somebody trying to make for the reason that he's not being marketed and they're just bitching and moaning about how Edmonton plays at 10 PM and like, well, maybe you should just make Oiler games at seven o'clock Eastern time. It's like, no, you idiot. You this is seven o'clock Canada, like Edmonton time. Like, <laughs> we're not going to play Oiler games at four o'clock in the afternoon, just so all yeah. you all you a holes on the East Coast who think the the world revolves around them, which it does. <laughs> um, watch this guy in prime time. That's not our fault. If you want to watch him, stay up. It's not his fault. Yeah, I mean, they could do a King's Ransom too. Yeah. They could do it again. They did it once. But even if he, go, if he goes, going to the, if he goes to the Kings, it's not going to matter because he's still going right. to be playing at ten o'clock. It doesn't yeah. make a difference. But it makes more sense to have LA playing at six o'clock in the afternoon, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon than Edmonton. But yeah, because no one would show up still, so it wouldn't there. matter. Uh, San Jose, <laughs> San Jose. <laughs> Just put everybody in Arizona. It's fine. Just put everybody in Arizona. Yeah. Hey, no, they don't that, know what times on there. It was a good time. <laughs> Time zones aren't a thing there. That's true. That's true. They don't even have daylight savings time, if I'm if I'm correct. Nah. And uh, maybe Wayne Gretzky will get back his uh, ownership share of the Coyotes if, if McDavid <laughs> <Yeah>. goes there. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, 
realistically, you look at it, you got you got Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, obviously Connor Bedard. Um, I, I didn't I, honestly, I didn't even think about David Pasternak. Neither did who, I. Who could I easily, yeah, who could easily be that guy too, um, except for that he plays for Boston. Uh, outside of, outside of that, he could easily be he could he could be that guy. And I, I don't want I, I do very much think that Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin, as much as I hate them, um, I, I do think that they are still seen as two of the faces of the league. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. They they are still used in almost every marketing video that the league puts out like they, they're still very much part of part of the face of the league but as far as going forward I, I do think I mean you're starting to see more Marshawn you're starting to see more Matthews more McDavid um you're starting to see a lot of Matthew Kachuk I don't I just don't think he'll ever be the face of the league I don't think the league will would want him to be the face just the way he plays the way he plays I, I think they Want to go more towards skill rather than the the rough, tough, and and right. kind of the the shit talk that that Matthew Chuck brings, right? Like, I I, I don't know. I, I would say it, it's going to be close. If McDavid ever gets out of Edmonton, though, I, I think it, it's a no brainer. He just doesn't have the personality that is that superstar. He yeah. doesn't. He's got that old school hockey personality whereas Austin Matthews is that he's got that vibe of of he could just be any other celebrity yeah he's that it's that hip young young you know young guy who's who the NHL was hoping that was going to hit the younger generation more than more than he probably did um where where yeah McDavid is that I'm just I'm here to I'm here to play hockey but I'm just you know, I just happen to be really, really good at it. Um, you know, he's not that he's not that in your face. I'm gonna be hanging out with Justin Bieber type of type of guy. <laughs> so uh I mean, yeah, it makes that makes that makes sense too. So I it, it's it's hard to tell. But according to the Twitter world, Connor McDavid, Twitter world, God, X World. You can still Twitter. Twitter. Still yeah, Twitter. Say, okay, that's Twitter. fine then. I'm still gonna call it Twitter. According to the Twitter world, uh Connor McDavid is the face of the NHL. Twitter never lies. Twitter never lies. Um, you guys got any any topics for us before? I know we were, I was going to talk about the Coyote situation. Really, isn't that much that that much new? I guess there's not there's not really any new details about it besides the owner. Move the um, team to Puerto Rico. Move, <laughs> move the team. It's all about the NHL's movement to the south. Um. No, I, I think they're going to Utah. You think so? I could see that. I don't think that's out of the possibility, yeah. I mean, Utah wants a team. Utah Jazz wants a team. Just so happens that the that the uh, Coyotes still, still can't get anything done. Yeah. Seems like a match made in heaven. Plus, the NHL wanting to add a team again in, in Atlanta. I don't, I don't know why they're going to try it again, but – Apparently they're going to try it again. Um, New arena, new fun. Why not? I don't know, man. Third time it gives Carolina a little rival. Little rival. Man, our our rival 
is still Washington. Like, yeah, Washington has Pittsburgh. I mean, Carolina and New Jersey and Carolina and New York, the Rangers, last couple of years have been hot. I mean, I, I, I hate the Rangers. I, I But I also hate the Bruins. And I hate the Canadians. I, I hate anybody in the East Coast. So, um, yeah, thank God. I just hate the Bruins because they're it's their fans. It's not so much the players; it's their fans are just so arrogant. And it's like I, li- I like the Bruins. I respect the Bruins as a franchise. I and I I like going to war with them. I have nothing but the respect. For, I have nothing but the utmost respect for the Bruins. It's I think I, it's an original six thing. I can't but say anything. So the the worst fans to me are, are Devils fans. I agree. Oh yeah, Devils fans are tough. Oh, Islander yeah. fans. Islander yeah. fans are coming out of the woodwork after that loss yesterday. They're uh, bent out of shape on Twitter. It's all I'm seeing. <laughs> I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it. But I agree. Devils fans are delusional, and they love to bring up the Rangers. They just chase our coattails and just want to be us so bad. And they'll never take it. They'll never miss a chance to try to chirp us. And we'll just come back and be like. Dude, ten people are at your game right now. Like whatever Jack you says, like people pay money to see me. Yeah, all like, all no. five hundred people who are in the arena right now pay ten dollars to come to your game. But take a seat, relax. And I can't say much. I don't really have much of a like to stand on here because they did knock us out in seven, and that sucked. But their fans, dude, they are just—they're delusional. I'm glad you guys made quick work of them after they knocked us out of that playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. I their fans are delusional. I I mean, look. Rangers fans, I, I don't have any problem with Rangers fans as far as thinking that they're they don't know hockey. I just I see some of them I see some of the takes at times. And I'm like talking about Lafreniere and and so I saw, I remember two years ago when, when we when y'all took us out and I think it was seven. Good series. Um, Good series. I mean, I, I was at game six of that series. Dang. And it was it was insane. Um but I was at Game Seven against the against the Bruins that year too, when we when we knocked out the Bruins. That was fun, but um, no, I mean I, I don't have a problem with them. It's just there's so many there's so many fans that are they they discredit because Carolina's seen as a small market, right? So many people don't you don't want most people don't watch Carolina Hurricanes games because they're not on TV, right? And yeah, they don't they don't know about these some of these guys. They don't they don't know. That Sebastian Ajo is a point per game score. They don't know Sveshnikov is a point per game score when he's healthy. They don't know about uh, Seth Jarvis or Martin Natchez. They but they know everything about Adam Fox and Mika Zibanejad and and Alex Lafreniere. Like that's that's my problem is you don't know who you're talking about half the time. And I'm not saying y'all. I'm saying yeah. No, we, I know what you're saying we, it, it, it we goes go back to the silos. Yeah. Back to the silos. Yeah, I will say this though: nobody hates the New York Rangers more than New York Rangers fans. I, I am probably the most pessimistic <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes fan. Well, on after, media. after the last two uh, games for, for the Blues right now, uh, it's um, it's it's rough. It, it's rough with with the Blues the Blues fans itself. Um, not big fans of Tory Krug. Not big fans of of your former guy Buchnevich right now. Don't blame you. Boy, Don't blame he is you. Getting, he is getting reamed. What about Justin Falk? Is he hurt right now? I think he. I think Justin Falk is hurt. I haven't Justin seen Justin Falk still hurt. Yeah, he's out. He's out. We don't. They're, they're, they're still saying there's no timetable on his return either, which sucks. 
Mm. Yeah. Used to love him. Then I hated him. It's awful. That is that is the one thing. Um, yeah, as Josh said, it's rough being a Blues fan right now. Uh, but it's a lot of it has to come with where they're at. They're in a spot, at least for me, where I didn't think they were going to be at this year. They're, they're still technically in a – I think they're still in a playoff spot. But yeah, they are. realistically, we, we, you look at the beginning of the season – Nobody, nobody thought this that the, this Blues team in particular would be, you know, anywhere at or above 500. Thought we were going to be below, towards the bottom of the division with with Arizona and in in Chicago, but they've they've somehow figured things out and, and whatnot. But again, it's just it's, it's the silo thing, like you said. Yeah. I like that term. I like that. I like that that idea of it. It makes sense. Hundred percent makes sense. So, anything anything else before I head head over to the, the NHL trivia question of the night? No, I'm ready. Hit me. All righty, you ready for this? All right, here we go. This is gonna be a hard one. Oh boy, which it's, it's, it's a, what is the longest unbeaten streak recorded by an NHL team? This happened in 1979, oh, uh, from Jesus. October 14th, 1979, to January 6th, 1980. Going old school. I thought it was eighteen games. I don't remember who the team is though. Uh, it's got to be the Canadians or something. That makes they're, sense. They're they're pretty dominant in the seventies. An unbeaten streak record, so without a defeat from October fourteenth, nineteen seventy nine. Oh, I was like, me and Josh have the same. 6th. Have the same uh, answer. <laughs> it says the it Canadians. Could be. Is it the Canadians? It's not the Canadians. Oh, is it, I got two. I got two guesses. Is it the not Flyers? The is it the Flyers? It, it is. It is. It is the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers. Yeah. Oh, the Broad, yeah. The Street, How, the what, Street, what was their streak? Broad Street Bullies. They went thirty-five games without oh, a, without a defeat. Um, it, no, nobody else come close. It was twenty-five victories and ten draws during the streak. I thought it was eighteen. Oh no, I could have swore it been Montreal because they were really dominant back in the seventies, eighties. Maybe, maybe I was thinking a straight like winning streak. Straight winning streak. Time. Yeah, but, I'm yeah, two for two, good. baby. Yeah, I'm two they, for two with hints. I, I will yeah, say that I'm not two for two out of the gate, but I'm uh, like, but I'm two for two with hints. Two for two. You can count it. You can count it. I will say that, like I said in the, on Twitter, that uh, Joel Quinville one really made me think because I was trying to think yeah. like who got fired and then brought him to the uh, court, well, court finals. I really thought the Kings for some reason. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah. No, what was the question? Sorry, I, I wasn't on it. The which one? It was the it was a. Um, the question was who lost to the San Jose Sharks in the quarterfinals after going, what was it? Uh so it was a it was a guess a team and it was I don't I can't I don't think I can pull it up really quick. Is that I'll, Pete DeBoer? No, it was this is a uh hold on, let me grab it really quick. Dun, dun. I'll play it for you if I can find it. This team had, it was 39, 30, and 11 with 91 points. They lost to the quarterfinals to the Sharks, and they had two head coaches during the season. Yeah. Lost to the San Jose Sharks, two head coaches during the season, with one of the top goal scorers being number seven with 33 goals, 38 assists, a goaltender with 31 and 30, or 31 and 25 and eight with a 2.24 goals against average. Two of the better defensemen. In the National Hockey League at the time, with one of them number forty-four and fourteen goals, forty assists 
in that season. Let us know if you think you know which NHL team this is back in back from like 2000, early 2000s. We'll just say early 2000s. Leave it in the comments below. Let us know what you think who this NHL team is. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Somebody got it right away. I I was thinking right away. At the first part of the question, team that had a coach from another team that they beat in the quarterfinals. I I was thinking, uh, wasn't it Pete DeBoer who went from San Jose to Vegas or or the other way around Hmm. a couple years ago? So, okay. Yeah. We can can move on. Yeah. No, I don't have anything else, any any other topics besides that. But it was the uh, 2003 2004 St. Louis Blues with Kachuk, and B. Al McInnes, Chris Pronger, Chris Osgood, Quinn, 39, 30, and 11 in the regular season. Um, fired Joe Quinville with 21 games left in the regular season or something like that. Yeah. And Mike Kitchen took over for the team, ended up going to the quarterfinals and losing to San Jose a, uh, 4-1. to It's a series in that one. Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, it was just it was just something new, something uh something fun today to to add a little bit of excitement throughout the uh throughout Monday today. The, the Blues but just need to fire their coach every year, then I guess. We already we already did that this year. Hey, Brian <laughs> Banster, uh, Brant Banster got him the Blues to like fifth in power play, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they're getting better with it. We'll put it that way. Getting better. Um, our defense still lets Bennington hang out to dry, though. Um, and you saw it. Sounds familiar. Yeah, you saw. Well. <laughs> you saw it today. If you watched the game against Toronto, you you saw Bennington get kind of left out, um, left out to dry by by some not so great power play movements between the wonderful Pavel Buchnevich and the other wonderful Eastern Conference guy, Tori Krug. So it was a rough one today. It was a rough one. It was a game they could have won, they should have won, and they lost what like five to two, four to two. Four to two, yeah. Not great. Not great. Well, if you guys don't have anything else, um, we're, we'll get out of here. Uh sounds good. Else, doesn't All let's right. go canes. Let's so let's go King Canes. God. I thought you said Kings for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, what? No. All righty. Um, anyways, for myself, Brandon, Aaron, Jerry. And Jared tonight. We will. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Go Blues, and uh, yeah, that's it. See ya. See ya. <laughs> Sorry.